All right, Athens, tell us your story. A podcast featuring the people of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. The stories are as unique as the people themselves, but they all reveal the character, the culture, and the distinct voices of a classic Southern community. My name is Paul Irons. I've been in Athens since 1957. When I moved over here from Decatur, and I married a young lady over here in Athens. And I met her at Hatfield Roller Rink. That's where we met on Pararoller Skates. And I married her June the 8th, 1957, and I moved to Athens. And uh, I had an opportunity to join the fire department as a volunteer in September. And uh, I was on for 11 years as a volunteer. And then I became a full-time firefighter at 1969. And I was with them for 30 years, and I went from a volunteer to a firefighter to assistant chief. At that time, we had one fire station. And then in 69, when I joined in, we had two fire stations. On Freeman Avenue was Station 2, and then Station 1 was up on Meriden Street. The population of Athens, I think it was a little over 6,000 when I came to Athens. I have one story that I would like to share with you. That's about uh, rescue. Well, I've had a few things to happen that uh, it could have cost my life, but I've got one, uh, a rescue that I'd like to share with you. I was a volunteer, and I was at the fire station one day, and Charles Spencer, he was a lieutenant, I believe, at that time, and... Uh, he said, P.I., they called me, oh, everybody called me P.I. He said, would you like to go with me? He said, we've got to go get a lady that's down on Houston and Browns Ferry behind the building. Now, this was in the 60s, let's put it like that, so I'll be pretty accurate. We had a bad flood here in Athens, right in downtown, and the water was real high. And we put a boat in and came down Fifth Avenue, down High Street, and we went by the hospital on the west side, and there was a store there called Butler Furniture Store. And the lady, she was Miss Brzezette that lived next door. But she said, sir, would you get my purse in the house? And, of course, when I opened the door, there's more water on the inside than it was on the outside. It was about, I'd say, around four, four and a half foot deep. And I got her purse for her. And then... Uh, we continue on down to uh, Houston and Browns Ferry, and uh, that's where we lost our boat, let's put it like that, because the current was so strong. Uh, Charles and I was out of the boat, and I could feel my feet pulling me towards the center of the flood, and I could not swim. I had no life jacket on. I had no kind of protection. And water was up almost to my chin. And I told Charlie, I said, Charlie, I said, save yourself. It's too late for me. Well, three cars came by the the middle, and uh, he turned loose of the wall there. It's a slick wall and grabbed a hold of a, I believe it was a 55 or 56 Chevrolet body. And uh, he got a hold of my fingertips and started working up to my arm my hand, my wrist, and he held on to me, and I could, I tried, you know, get back to him, and I could feel the pressure pulling my legs out towards 
the center of the water, you know, the current. And I was trying to get back, but I couldn't. And the Charles got a hold of my hand, started working my fingers up to my wrist, and then got my arm and held on to me. And so I owe Charles Spencer my life. Of course, Charles passed on later on. And uh, I remember Charlie and all the people that I worked with from that time on up to I retired have passed on. And then uh, I have another story I'd like to share with you. It was on a Saturday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was at Station 2, and uh, Station 1 called and said, Chief, we have a fire at Bonnie Doom building down on uh, Sanford Road. So I left and jumped in the pickup. I was going down 31, and I could see the smoke. And uh, they said, it's a child in the apartment who was on fire. Well, I'll be honest about it. First thing I'd done, I prayed about it that the Lord would protect that child and let us get them out. And uh, so when I arrived on the scene, I tried to get in first by myself, and I didn't have no mask or nothing on, and I hollered for my boys coming up, my firefighters. I just hollered in, told them, I said, forget about making a hookup, get this mask on, we got a child inside. And so I tried to get in, and I couldn't. I had to back off, and they put their mask on and went in. As they were going in, the child was on a pallet in the floor in the mattress, and they had not found him. They stepped over him. That's what undoubtedly happened. But uh, when Tony turned around to come back, he said, Paul, he told me this later at the station, after we've, the fire was over with and everything. But he said, Chief, i got something I'd like to share with you. And uh, I said, okay. And he said, when we went in, and said we was looking for the child. As I turned around and came back, he said, I looked, and it appeared that an angel was on the wall light, and it was looking down. And said, I dropped down to my knees and started feeling around, and I felt the little boy. And I brought him out. Of course, I was standing at the front door, and he put him in my arms. And his little stomach, it was so so hot. And uh, I told him, I said, we'll get him to the hospital. They had the ambulance there. And uh, they took him to Athens, and then they took him to Birmingham. And if I'm not mistaken, he was five years young. But he was all right. He checked him out. And later on, around Christmas time, he was brought to the station by his mom and them. And uh, we gave him a little fire truck and an ambulance and talked to him. And then uh, the next time, if my memory serves me right, we had talked. He was 33 years young, married, and two children. And, uh, of course, he was in great shape. That was my story of what happened that time. The thing that I remember, of course, you know, if you came up on your ship on a holiday, you worked it. I remember one time they brought a lunch up to us from Kroger, 
And uh, I, I was so thrilled over that because, you know, that's food, and they brought it in to us, and, and uh, we had to work that time. But I had one fire that I remember it happened during the season there across Mark Street, Church of Christ. A gentleman lived there, he and his sister and his mom, and uh, they had a fireplace, but it caught a tree on fire, Christmas tree, and they lost the house. They lost all their stuff in it, and it was a bad situation there. But uh, on the square now, I remember very well that the white furniture store on the west side of the square that was a cold night. In fact, it was three below zero that night that we fought that fire. Of course, we hooked up at the fire plug right there at Village Pizza right there on the corner. And, uh, you know, when you have a fire in the back and you've got all glass in the front of the building, there's a possibility you have an explosion. The heat builds up. And, uh, of course, we were told to go to the back and come in from the back side, and we did. Of course, we put it out and everything, and... That was cold night. That was a real cold night. But now that was a fire on the west side. I had one fire. That's the Hendricks building right there on the corner of the square. Now it happened one night, and I was on duty as my fire, I guess you'd say, because I was assistant chief, and I was in charge of it. And uh, I got a call up there. There's smoke coming out. Well, when I got up there, I could see it was, so I called for all my firefighters. And, uh, of course, our equipment. Now, y'all have to understand or realize that, you know, this <laughs> This is back years before we had our new fire trucks and all this, that, and other. We had one truck that helped us out that night. That was a ladder truck. We had to go a couple of blocks down and make a hookup because our pressure wasn't all that much on the square. And then we used a bucket truck to help it done damage but see we had firewalls a lot of people don't understand towns like this especially a town's got a lot of history behind it but uh there's been so many things that happened when i had to go out in the county drive a truck <laughs> had one of the older type trucks called a water truck of course you know you're driving it by yourself and you looking in your mirrors, hoping you have your volunteers following you. Then you see those little red lights. That made you feel good. And I, re- I remember one fire down on 99. I went down there, and then a lady had a house trailer. And uh, when I arrived on the scene, it was fully involved when I got there by myself. And I started working it. And uh, then after it was all over with, I was trying to find out what really caused it, because I'm the type of person that likes to find out why. And I asked the lady, I says, uh, ma'am, you lived here? She said, oh, yeah. She said, I was at church. Do you have any idea what happened? No. And she said, I, I remember I was cooking, but I cut everything off. And I said, could I show you something? She said, sure. We walked in uh, where the kitchen was. They had the stove there, and it was a skillet on the stove. And I turned it over. I said, ma'am, look at the skillet on the bottom. And it was white. I said, that's where your fire started from the oil and things, you know. So there's a reason for all things, you know. But uh, a firefighter goes through a lot of things that a lot of people never know.
you know, at times you have to make decisions. And uh, being an officer, it, a lot of people don't understand that you got a lot on your mind, especially if you're laying there asleep, one or two o'clock in the morning, that alarm goes off. You got to get everything ready. And I always told my men when I started to work up there, I says, check my trucks, check air packs, check everything on that truck. Make sure that truck is ready to go when that alarm goes off. I see you don't have just a few minutes to get your equipment on and get out of there. I tell those guys, I said, look, you don't work for me. I don't work for these people. I work for the citizens. They're the one that pays our salary. And if that phone rings, answer it. If you can't help them, tell them somebody that can. Give them a number. I remember one night I was lying in a bed and the phone went off, 1121. I answered, and the lady says, I believe I got a prowler out here. My dog is barking at my fence. And I said, well, ma'am, you want the police department? And I said, I believe it's 233-8700. And she thanked me and everything, but... I always remember what Chief always said. He said, if you can't answer, give them somebody that has the answer, you know. But I mean, I don't know. I just enjoyed firefighting. My wife always told me, she said, I believe you're married to that fire department. <laughs> I said, no. I said, I just enjoy it. That was my life. And uh, most of the people I work with and under and far, even the councilman and the mayor, most of them have passed away. Of course, I was born in 35. I'm 87 right now. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't seem like that long. And I, I do see the fire trucks go by. But uh, when I started as a volunteer, we had a 19 and 51 International. We had a 1958 Ford truck, and then we got a little quick attack truck, and then we had our ladder truck. And then I, when I was with the fire department, I went out and I get to talk to the people, all the schools, the children. In fact, I used to keep up with it, and I was gone 54 times that I represented Athens Fire Department to nuclear plants, at the hospitals, all the schools. I talked to the children about fire safety. And uh, I've got two or three names. P.I. That was my nickname up there, but young people, they call me Hun Daddy. Hun Daddy. But uh, Athens is my favorite town. Let's put it like that. See, I'm from Decatur. I was born raised in Decatur. And then I met this young lady at Hatfield Roller Ring. And I, I dated her four years. And then I married her and lived with her 63 years. And I had three daughters and a son. And my son passed away three years ago. My wife passed away five years ago. But uh, my joy in my life was right here serving the people of Athens in Limestone County. I just want to be remembered that. And uh, when our people passed away, we'd put their body on the old fire truck, 1935 purse. That's the one we used. We'd put the casket up onto the fire truck, 
and uh, we'd have a police department lead us to the cemetery, you know, to be buried. Uh, that's why we we wanted. And I've got my uniform. It's in the closet. And I told my wife before she passed away, something happened to me. I want to be in that uniform too. So I hope it's still around, and I don't know, but uh, there's been so many things that happened. I was very blessed. You've been listening to All Right Athens, produced by the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on our podcast, please visit our website at alcpl.org for ways to submit your story. All Right Athens is part of our Library Voices series and available on your favorite podcast platform.